0: Good morning, thank you for joining us today. We are so glad to have you with us. Uh, I love you and I'm excited to share with you from God's word today. I believe that God has some things to to communicate to our hearts from his word that are very powerful, life-changing, will be of great benefit to us. So let's pray now and ask God to do a great work within each of us this morning. Father, thank you for your presence among us right now. Thank you for the presence of your son Jesus in our midst. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher and helper, our counselor and friend who is in us and with us. Thank you for your word, Father, and its power to change us. I ask you to supernaturally open our hearts to understand the scripture this morning. May your truth go deep into our hearts today. May your truth come with the fire and power and energy of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what needs to be done in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Every one of us who belong to Jesus Christ is involved in a battle. And most of that battle goes on inside of us. We're in a fight, a fight for faith and a fight to keep faith. Nearly every day in some way our confidence in God is challenged or tested. This fight never completely goes away. At the very end of his life, Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul had to fight till the day he was beheaded by Nero. Hebrews tells us we must hold fast our confidence and the boast of our faith firm to the end. A.B. Simpson said, Satan's objective in all his attacks upon you is to destroy your trust. If he can get you to lose your simple confidence in God, he knows that he will soon have you at his feet. It is confidence in God that overcomes the world and the devil. And we know what that feels like in our soul. Faith brings victory and hope And a deep sense of well-being. Confident trust in God opens the door of your heart to the Holy Spirit. For him to come in and fill you with his joy and peace and power. But when we throw away our faith, when we throw away our confidence for a day or even an hour. Darkness and defeat settles in our heart. And it seems that Satan has his way with us. This should ignite our passion to pursue a life of faith. And there is no better place in the scripture to learn faith than Hebrews chapter 11. Because it not only tells us what faith is, it shows us what faith is in the lives of people just like us. A couple of weeks ago we said that faith looks like something. It is not merely mental. It is not a list of things that you can rattle off that you believe in. It is clinging confidently to God in your heart. Then we think and talk and live out of that place of faith or out of that faith within us. But real faith always shows. James said, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. If you get what he's saying, that's really kind of a Bible humor. His point was, you can't show your faith without outward actions. It's impossible because you can't see faith. But you can see the effects of faith in what a person lives for, in the things they value, in the way they talk, and in what they love, and what excites them, and in what they give themselves to. You can detect the presence or the absence of faith in another person quite easily. And if you listen to your own words, your own internal thoughts, and watch your own life, sometimes even by looking in the mirror, you can detect if you are living from a place of faith or not. A couple of weeks ago we read how Isaac and Jacob showed their faith in speaking blessings over their children. We read how Joseph showed his faith by speaking confidently that God would bring the Israelites out of Egypt. These men showed us how important what we say is To our life of faith, if we have faith in God, if we have genuine, real faith in God, we will speak with hope about the future. We will speak about God's goodness and mercy and loving kindness. Now, in Hebrews eleven verses twenty-four through twenty-seven, we are going to see what faith looks like in the life of Moses. Verse twenty-four. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking to the reward. Moses showed his faith by refusing something and by choosing something. He refused the glory of Egypt and the pleasures of Egypt, and instead he chose to suffer with God's people. Our faith, your faith, my faith is shown in what we refuse and in what we choose. What you choose is what you really believe in. Many people say, well, yes, of course, I believe God, but I've got to do what makes me happy. And they choose a relationship or something else that is clearly not God's best for them. They do that because they really believe that is what will make them happy. Andrew Murray said, what we love and what we live for or live in is what we believe in. If we are choosing the world, it is because we believe in the world. We believe that it is better and its rewards and pleasures are better. If we are choosing God, it is because we believe in him and we believe he is better and his rewards and pleasures are better. Moses was raised as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. This woman was probably... Hatshepsut, who eventually became the only woman pharaoh in Egypt. She she raised Moses as her own son to become the next pharaoh. Egypt at this time was at the pinnacle of its power and glory and Moses was at the center of it all. Everything was falling into place for him. He had it all. But Moses refused this life he refused the riches and the pleasures of Egypt and chose to suffer with the downtrodden group of slaves who had absolutely nothing except that they were God's people verse 26 explains Moses' faith by which he made this choice He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt for he was looking to the reward. Moses chose what he chose because he believed it was a better deal. He believed it was in his best interest. His choice made no sense to Pharaoh's daughter. It made no sense to anyone else in Egypt. But to Moses, it was the only reasonable choice to make because Moses saw by faith that being an outcast with Christ would bring greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt. He simply chose the greater blessing. He actually believed that the riches of God were greater than all the wealth and glory and comforts of the world So he chose God. He did this because he was looking to the reward. The NIV says he was looking ahead to his reward. Faith looks ahead. Faith looks ahead to how things will turn out in the end. Andrew Murray said, Faith looks at everything as we will see it when the judgment day is past and the day of glory begun. We are essentially people who look to that day when each person will receive his or her own reward from God. And we make our life choices based on that. That is living by faith. That is an essential part of being a Christian. We are looking to that day when each of us will receive his, reward, his or her reward from God and we make our life choices based on that. Moses refused the sinful pleasures of Egypt because he believed that pursuing God and knowing God and enjoying God had more pleasure than sin could ever offer him. But here's the really amazing thing. He believed God and knowing God was the greater pleasure even though choosing God would mean sharing in the oppression and suffering of God's people. He believed knowing God, even in such horrible circumstances as slavery, was better than all the pleasures of sin. Sam Storm said, it was from his desire for a greater pleasure that he said no to a lesser pleasure. C.S. Lewis said, our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures Fooling around with drink, sex, and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child content to play with mud pies in a slum because he does not know what it means to have a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. In other words, we fill our lives, we tend to fill our lives With such small pleasures, and most people miss the one great pleasure for which we were created. To know and enjoy and experience communion with the living God. Moses didn't do that. He went after God. Because he believed God was the greatest pleasure But there is a certain road that we must go down to receive these riches of knowing God and truly experiencing his power and love at work in our life. There's a certain road we must go down to receive these riches and the reward that God has for us. And that road is the way of suffering or abuse. Moses, it says, had to accept the reproach of Christ. The New English Bible translates this, the stigma that rests on God's anointed. A stigma is an attribute that is deeply discrediting. It is an undesired differentness. A stigma reduces you from a whole and normal person to a tainted person and discounted one. That is how the world regards you as a follower of Christ. Whether you know it or not, they do. They actually do. And that is the path you must go down in order to fully know and experience God. All who seriously follow God will find themselves in the role of an outcast. Moses knew that very well. But he considered the reproach of Christ greater riches. The message for us is to to embrace the stigma or the reproach of Christ in order to know the power and the blessing and the riches and the wealth of knowing Christ. Christ. Romans 8 says, If we suffer with him, we will be glorified with him. That's why Paul said he was willing to be regarded as a fool for Christ's sake. He wanted to know Jesus at any cost, no matter what it cost him socially and in the eyes of other people. He said, We are considered the scum of the earth. I think that God has exhibited us, apostles, as last of all, like men, sentenced to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. But you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. 1 Corinthians 4, 9 and 10. None of us have suffered the kind of reproach or stigma that Paul suffered. But we are a part of that stigmatized group of people. We are a part of those people who are different or who the world considers different, tainted, discounted, discredited. Increasingly in our culture, all who are committed to Jesus Christ will end up being considered by the world, by the culture, like fools for Christ. The point is this. If you want all the reward that Jesus offers, all the reward that is found in God through Jesus, you must choose to suffer dishonor with the people of God. We do not choose this simply because we have a martyr complex or because we wish to suffer or because we like to be different. We choose this for the same reason Moses chose it. We choose it because we see the riches that will be ours by aligning ourselves with the reproach of Christ. The thing that pushes the world and its sinful pleasures out of our hearts, is not simply telling ourselves that everything in the world is worthless junk. Rather, it is seeing and experiencing the infinitely greater pleasures and treasures of Christ. Some Christians, I think, actually believe this world has the best stuff and they feel like they gave up a lot to follow Jesus. And in a way they almost talk like they sort of regret it. That is not Christianity. We actually believe God is far better. We actually believe we are the ones who are well off. We actually believe that we are the ones who are blessed now and forever and ever with endless treasure and pleasures in the presence of God. Sam Storm said, You weren't created for the passing pleasures of this world. You were created and designed by God to enjoy to the maximum a happiness and joy and deep soul satisfaction that is more enduring and more delightful and more exciting than anything this world's passing pleasures can give you I want to move on now to some personal applications these are all going to be out of things that we've already talked about but I want to emphasize them for you for you to keep them in your heart and and make changes that you need to make even this morning first biblical faith is always refusing certain things and choosing certain things based on who God is and what God says We show our faith by what we refuse and what we choose throughout each day. It is not only major life choices that reflect our faith. We show our faith in what we refuse to say to our spouse or in a phone conversation with a friend or family member, such as sharp words or angry outbursts. And we show our faith in what we choose to say instead. Paul said, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Speaking that way, refusing to speak a certain way and choosing to speak this way is an act of faith. We show our faith in refusing some kinds of entertainment, music, TV shows, movies, books. We refuse things that are vile and raised up against God. And we choose things that will edify and please God and are acceptable to God because we believe that God is there and that he is a rewarder of those who seek after him and the things that please him. We show our faith by refusing to allow attitudes of complaint and criticism and harshness and self-pity to fester in our hearts. And instead, we choose godly, loving, forgiving, thankful attitudes. We make that choice by faith. We show our faith by refusing to live for the world's approval and choosing to throw in with the people of God, even if it makes us look Foolish. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones tells how he went to a play in London with some friends back in the 1920s. That was a long time ago, but the point of the story is timeless. They all enjoyed their evening at the theater, but when they walked out the doors of the theater, there was a Salvation Army band playing hymns on the street doing evangelistic work. And back in those days, The Salvation Army had a powerful street ministry and a powerful work of evangelism on the street. And when Martin saw them, after he had walked out of the theater, he said, suddenly I knew those are my people. He had experienced the pull of the world, but now he was feeling the pull of God's people. And he said, these are the people I belong to, and I'm going to belong to them. He didn't mean he would join the Salvation Army. He meant that he had experienced the difference between the pleasures of the world and throwing in with the people of God, even if if there was a reproach and a shame in that. Throwing in with God's people is a way that we throw ourselves in with the Lord. And he knew he couldn't be happy with anything less than with the Lord and with the people of God. And at that point, he was studying to become a doctor of medicine. He changed the direction of his life. He went on to become a preacher. And those of you that know anything about him know the rest of the story. One of the, one of the greatest Bible teachers ever. The opportunity to make money, to have the most comfortable lifestyle, to achieve the greatest positions is not always the choice of faith. Sometimes God calls us to something that will require that we refuse these things in order to go God's way. F.F. Bruce, in his commentary, pointed out that Moses could easily have rationalized that he could do more for the Israelites by remaining in Pharaoh's court and using his influence on their behalf than by renouncing his Egyptian citizenship and becoming a member of a depressed group of people with no political rights. But no matter how much he might have rationalized that choice, it would not have been the choice of faith. There are some of you listening to me right now who have choices to make. There are options in front of you Two ways you can go. One choice you can make is based on faith in God and in what God values. It is a choice that is clearly best for you in light of eternity. The other choice you can make is based on confidence, or the other choice you can make is based on confidence in the world. It is a choice that will give you security. It is a choice that the world will applaud. Friends and family and other people will tell you you did the right thing. It is the safe choice. Now, Right now, the question facing you is, will you make your choice by faith in the world or by faith in God? Will you believe God and what he says and that what he has is by far the best for you? An old Bible commentator named John Brown said, believe as Moses believed and you will find it easy to choose and act as Moses did. Refusing the pleasures of sin and walking away from the acceptance of the world is much easier when you actually believe that in God, there is great treasure and pleasure for you now and forever. It's greater than all the riches of Egypt or America or anything else you could ever possibly imagine. You will share in the glory and the inheritance of God's own son and reign with him forever and ever. God will be your God. You will be his people. You will see his face forever. If you keep your eyes on the prize... It will deliver you from making a lot of bad and harmful choices. If you believe that immense treasure and pleasure comes to those who seek God, you will find yourself able to refuse the world, the flesh, and the devil and choose the things of God. And you will know that you have, by doing that, the best in life, the greatest treasures, you will have by far the best deal. Let's pray.